With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're his children and we like to Raise 
Yeah. 
listen to it and you can sing along if you can if you can follow along and if not that's okay too but worship the lord in your mind and your heart whether you can sing with it or not it's an old old song what a friend we have in jesus Oh, 
Praise Jesus, amen. Praise God. Oh, praise God, amen. Okay. Prepare to go in prayer. Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, praise your holy name. Happy new month, Father. Happy fifth month of the year. Thanks for getting us through this past month, Lord. Thanks for giving us strength, for healing us, for helping us, for giving us provision and food, nutrition, and direction. Thank you for all the miracles and answered prayers, one after another after another. Praise your holy name, Father. Father, we just lift up to you all of our spiritual family around the world. We pray for continued unity and faithfulness. We lift up to you all the new people that are coming into the fold, that they would clearly understand the truth. We pray, Lord, that people would not have a knee-jerk reaction to forsake you and where you have brought them just because it might be something that they've not heard before or do not yet understand. 
that they would not have a knee-jerk reaction, that they would not immediately leave where you have grown, but rather that people would take the time in prayer and fasting and study and reading of the Scripture, seeking your face, seeking the truth with a sincere heart. Pray that people would take that time, Lord, to get to know you and to try to grow in the truth, being open-minded to seek you about what the truth really is, rather than thinking that they already know everything. We lift up to you all the pastors, brothers and sisters in the Lord. We pray for your special help in this service this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You may notice that all the songs we sung today was about, or along the theme of praising God. Amen. So important, as I said many, many, many times, so extremely important to praise God. Amen. Praise is an atomic weapon against the enemy, against depression, against any burden that you have. Amen. Praise is an atomic weapon, so extremely powerful and helpful. Amen. I don't know why the computer is uh, got the video cam webcam on. No idea. Right there, and so man, what I can do is I click right there. Offshoot obsessing, obsessing webcam, and it's like it wants to do both microphone and webcam, both. I guess that might be back from where I was trying to do videos a long time ago. I'm not sure with that. I don't hear if they see me. But nobody sees me. It's not really recording. It just has accesses on. So, probably trying to fix that later. Anyway, it's so very important. Amen. So very important to praise God. So many times in life that that whatever the situation I was facing, if I just went into praise, I would feel so much better. Amen. Of course, life continues and will continue to struggle, but it gives you the energy that you need to get through it easier, better, faster, stronger. It is like vitamin B and all of your vitamins and no time vitamin. When you praise God, you just get energized and strengthened by praising God. It's, it's incredible, full, and weapon. 
Amen. And not only praise, but also prayer. Amen. And they go hand in hand. And so the title today is P and P Power. <laughs> P and P Power. Praise and prayer. Prayer and praise. Prayer and praise. I put praise and praise. I've got to correct that. Put prayer and praise. Prayer and praise power. And I've shared this before, but I've got to say it again for the new people. And because it is an excellent point. When I truly got saved in 2004, and truly devoted myself to God and truly surrendered to God and had a real and true and everlasting commitment to God in 2004, the first church I went to immediately was called the Tabernacle of Prayer and Praise. Praise God. Amen. Now, it was Pentecostal. It was Babylon. But you've got to realize back then, there was no I Saw the Light Ministries. There was no Pastor Tim. There was nowhere I could go. already understood about the Holy Days and the Sabbaths and uh, no Trinity and already knew about Christmas and Easter and the Holy Days and many, many, many different things. I didn't have all the truth yet. I did not have a lot of the things that we have now. Amen. We have grown in the truth every, every, every year we have. Amen. But the thing I didn't have at the time, other than certain doctrines, was prayer and praise. Amen. Before that moment, I had always prayed some and sought the Lord to a certain degree and trying to live right in a certain degree, but never really total commitment. And I knew about studying the Bible, seeking the truth, but I didn't really have that atomic weapon that I very, 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 very much needed. Amen because I would just backslide all the time. I first started going to the old Worldwide Church of God when it existed when I was 16 years old. Stayed in there a couple of years, I guess, or a year or two or something. I'm sure it was a couple of years. But eventually left. Eventually, Tried to come back to God through the church, but not through prayer and praise. And that happened at least one more time that I backslid by going into the church and then back out and back into the church and back out at least two or three times. What was missing each time was the prayer and praise because it was all about facts, knowledge, trying to get back to God through knowledge. 
through facts, but not through prayer and praise. Because prayer and praise, though, is what I was missing, is so very important because that's relationship. Not just facts. Not just knowledge. Not just the ABCs. Not just the law and what you must do and not do. Not just the commandment. But spirit. Not just truth, but spirit. He's seeking the people that will worship him in both in truth and spirit. Amen. So that's what I needed at that time, was to go to that tabernacle of prayer and praise and to learn how to praise God and how important it was to stay in prayer and to pray, 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 pray. pray. Lots of prayer. Lots of prayer. How extremely important it is. Amen. Prayer and praise is truly the atomic weapon that I needed to overcome and finally stop backsliding away from God and become faithful and to stay faithful to Jesus. Amen. Let's go to the book of Luke, Luke 18. This is the parable of the unrighteous judge. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. Page 9. Luke 18, verse 1. Now, he was telling them, Jesus was telling them a parable to show that at all times, underlying at all times, they ought to pray and not to lose hearts. Amen? At all times we are to pray and to not lose heart. That means don't be discouraged and don't give up and don't grow weary. Amen? It means that. Amen? And that prayer is that tool, that vitamin, that nutrient that you need, that atomic weapon, that energy that you need to keep you going. Amen? Verse 2, saying, in a certain city there was a judge, who did not fear the oaths, and did not also did not respect people. And there was a widow in that city. She kept going, coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling. But afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear Theos, nor respect people, Yet, because this widow bothers me, kept, kept, kept coming back, petitioning that he would protect her from her opponent, from her adversary, from her enemy. Because this widow bothers me continually, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. 
And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not Theos bring about justice for his elect, for his chosen people, who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So very clearly, Jesus is like, even if this unrighteous man would grant somebody petition if they're just remain consistent, continually giving their petition, if the unrighteous judge would do that, then surely the righteous judge, amen, surely the righteous judge and our Father would grant us our petition. Amen. As long as, of course, according to other scripture, as long as that they're good for us, that they won't hurt us by granting it, and is according and acceptable to his will according to other verses. Amen. At the end, that final question, will the Son of Mankind, will Jesus, when he comes, find faith on the earth? In other words, he is worried that he is concerned that there would be everybody, that everybody would stop being persistent in prayer, that people would stop praying, that people would stop trusting in the Lord that he would grant their petitions, that people would that the whole world could perhaps lose faith, stop praying, stop trusting God. He was concerned about that. Amen. Because he knew that the burdens of life leads people away from God if they don't trust God. Amen. And look at the book of James, right after Hebrews, James 4. James 4, verse 2. Page 244, James 4, verse 2. You lust or want things and do not have. So you commit murder to get them instead of asking God for them. Amen. And you are envious, envy of what other people have and cannot obtain. So you fight and you choir, you argue. And you do not have because you do not ask. People try to get things, what they want and need, through force of cheating, lying, fussing, fighting, arguing, killing, 
stealing. Instead of asking God for what they need, thinking that they have to do it all themselves, completely themselves, and not trusting God to be a good father, to provide what is needed. Now, of course, you've got to put action to your prayers, and you've still got to apply for the job. You've still got to comb your hair. You still have to do what you have to do. Amen. But in all things, it should be in prayer and praise. Absolutely. Amen. And trusting God to then bless your action. Amen. And to help it to come about in the right way, in a, in a righteous way, in an acceptable way. Amen. In a way that's susceptible to God. Verse 7, verses 7 through 9. Submit, therefore, to Jesus. And resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We're all in a spiritual war, very real, and we're all under attack of the enemy. How can we defeat the enemy? What do we need to do to stop the enemy and to make the enemy run away from us and make the enemy fear us instead of us fearing him? What must we do? It says, submit yourself to God. Amen. And I believe that's much, much, much more than just obeying the law and obeying the commandments and doing the do's and the don'ts. But rather, bowing your needs, submitting yourself, surrendering yourself totally to God, to the King, to the Master, to God Almighty. Submitting yourself to the master of the universe. Amen. Anybody can obey, but submitting yourself wholeheartedly in your mind, in your heart. Amen. To serve the Lord and to love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of yourself. That's true submission to God. And then the devil will flee because the devil knows he ain't got a chance with you because you're, you're truly, totally committed. Amen. Now, of course, the devil is still trying to attack, but will not be successful against you. Amen. Even if the enemy tries to put curses on you, It'll just bounce off. You have that force field of protection. Amen. In verse 8, draw near to Theos, and he would draw near to you. Draw near. Hug, kiss, endure, praise, love upon God. And he'll draw near to you right back. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and cry and let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. In other words, when we first come to God, we need to come with a sorrow heart of being sorry for our sins and confessing our sins. And sometimes... Throughout your life with God, you'll have to go back to those moments of repentance in tears and crying and confession. 
But this doesn't mean that you have to mourn and cry and whine constantly every day of your life. That's not what God wants. Amen. So what it really means is, like I said, when you sin, be sorry for your sins. But then all you have to do is once you confess it, with a sorrowful heart that you did wrong, then all you got to do is realize, you know, you have confessed your sins. That's all you can do. You can't get in a time machine and go back and fix it. Only thing we can do is pour our hearts out to God and say, I'm a sinner. I did wrong. Please forgive me. And then trust that he is the good father and he is the good shepherd and he is merciful and faithful and kind and loving. That is who he is. He is not the unrighteous judge. But even the unrighteous judge would still grant our petitions how much more would the faithful judge grant our petitions and so much more willingly. Not just grant them, but grant them so much more willingly. Amen. God is so good to us. He is not just the one that spanks us, but the one that hugs us and loves us. And he is faithful to forgive us of all of our sins if we confess them and to cleanse us and to purify us from all sin and from all wrong. Amen. So although we must mourn at times, we must also rejoice knowing that we have a Savior, that we have a Redeemer. Amen. We believe and we know and we trust that we are received by God when we humble ourselves in repentance and confession and faith. Look at Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 12. 173. Page 173. Romans 12, verse 12. Page 173. Romans 12. Verse 12. It says, Romans 12, verse 12, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. Amen. Look at verse 11, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Amen. Think about Mary and Martha about what happened there. Two women, both of them were serving the Lord, but one of them was so grievous in the works of what she had to do, the do's and the don'ts, the law and the commandments and servitude, but the other one, which is at his feet worshiping him, amen. The one was like complaining about that, but Jesus said, leave her alone. She's worshiping, amen. Worshiping is just as important as any other of the do's and don'ts, amen? 
You can do all the do's and don'ts and still not make it in the first resurrection. I've said that many times. You can be baptized and keep all the commandments and still not make it in. You have to have that personal relationship of trust, of faith, of faith toward God. That's relationship. Amen. Not lagging behind indulgence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Every one of us is going to have tribulation. We all are suffering. Every one of us are suffering. We all got problems. We all have health issues. I don't know anyone in my life without health issues. I don't know anyone in my life who doesn't have tribulation and distress and temptation. We are all human. We all bleed. But persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. That's how you persevere. That's how you press through. That's the atomic weapon. It's prayer and praise. Putting your mind on the Lord. That's the atomic weapon. Putting our mind and our mouth and our heart and our mind, body, and soul on to the one that can save us. Nobody else can save us. Husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, the TV, a movie, a book. And you can even pray day and night and read the Bible day and night. But unless you trust the Lord and believe that he is love, that he is faithful, that it, nothing's going to get you anywhere unless you believe that God is real. Amen. When I say God is real, I mean more than just that he exists, but rather that he is true. Amen. That he's not pretending, that he's not just playing a game, but that he is real and true to his word. He is truly the faithful, the amen. Amen. Let's look at Philippians 4. Page 213. Page 213, Philippians 4, verse 6. Page 213, Philippians 4, verse 6. Be overly anxious for nothing, but in by prayer or be in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to Theos. Then the peace of Theos, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. If we want peace that is an atomic weapon against all stress, burden, heartache, depression, anxiety, worry of any kind, if we want peace, 
spent time through prayer and praise. It doesn't mean that we can't have concern, amen, but don't be overly anxious about anything, nothing at all, nothing, because God is God, amen. Put everything into prayer, believing that he's willing and able, amen. And put it in prayer with thanksgiving, because you don't just go to God just demanding and asking without praise, because he's God, he's king, amen. And that's why we come into services in one aspect, dressed for the king. Amen. That's why we don't wear shorts at worship services. It's because we are coming to worship the king. And nobody goes in shorts to worship the king. Amen. They might be barefoot. That's completely acceptable. Everybody was barefoot throughout generations and generations, generations, everywhere they went, even in the king's palace. So that is not a custom that goes against the respect of God. And even men were shirtless in front of kings, and even the kings were shirtless. Look at all the pictures and the statues and the graven images of the pharaohs and the kings. But if they did wear some kind of a garment, unless there was a slave that could not have a garment at all, or they could not have very much of a garment, if there was somebody that had access to special garments, garments that were flamboyant or fancy, then they would wear that if they had access to it in honor and respect to the king. So that's why we wear dress pants as men. And if that's somewhere where the air conditioner works good, then a dress shirt as well, or some kind of a dressy type shirt as well for men. Both men and women should honor the king in their cultural dress of how you would respect a king. In India, that might be just uh, a turban, not turban, but togo, Roman togo, how do you say that? Toga, yes, thank you very much. You're learning me. <laughs> toga in India, and it would expose half of a man's chest, but that is how they would wear dress in their cultural dress style to worship a king or to go to a president or a fancy meeting. So different in different cultures. In America, that would be a dress shirt, maybe even a tie, stuff like that, if the air conditioners were in that. So it varies depending where you are, whether you're inside or outside, stuff like that. But back to my point is that we address God as king with honor and respect. And when you go to a king, you get down on your knees, no matter who you are. Amen. You get down on your knees and you, you kiss his feet and you, 
you honor him and you worship him with every being, every part of your being. Amen. Kings were worshipped as gods. They were. But we serve the true king, the true God. Amen. If we want peace and perseverance and success and not backsliding, if we don't want to go backwards but forward, if we don't, be, don't want to be over-anxious, if we don't want to fall away and lose faith, then we have to fall on our knees and fall on our faces forward and worship the king in worship, kissing his feet like Mary did, not being burdened like Martha, but in worship and love and praise like Mary. Amen? In prayer and praise that all of our requests be made known. Then the peace of Theos will be overwhelming, overflowing, amazing, powerful. This is what will happen. And it is true. This is true. I know this is true. Amen. And this should be our goal, every one of us, is to have a measure of peace that is unmeasurable, beyond comprehension, that much peace, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the tribulation. That's not impossible at all. No. Think of how Paul had been bat-whipped, stoned, shipwrecked, did not have much food or clothes. He had been through hell and back. But he still rejoiced in the Lord and had great faith in the Lord. Even despite the sin that he struggled with and the mocking and the persecution and the really cool constants, he still rejoiced in the Lord. He still did. It's not impossible. We all have burdens. We all have problems. But it's not impossible to trust God. Amen? He is so faithful. He is greater than anything else. He is greater than any problem, than any burden, than any anxiety, and any cause of anxiety. God is greater. There's nothing greater than God. Nothing. He is able and willing, even more able and more willing than the unrighteous judge to help us. He is our kinsman, redeemer. Amen. And think about, we won't turn there, but when I, when I read this where it says, don't be anxious about anything, that reminds me immediately of what? What of the verse? Matthew 6, amen, of where he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink. Because consider even the lilies of the field. How, and not even Solomon in all his glory is his dress as fancy and nice as these naked flyers. How beautiful they are. Amen. And how he even considers the little tiny birds and nothing even falls from a tree without him knowing it. And how the hair of our, even the hairs of our head are numbered. He knows when every, 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 every hair falls from our head. If he knows that, then he is awfully caring about us, ain't he? He knows that much about somebody, you're paying attention to that person. Amen. God is really paying attention if he knows every time a little hair comes out of my beard. 
Amen. He's really paying attention because he loves us. How much more should we be paying attention to him? Not neglecting him in prayer and praise and faith and trust and worship and obedience. Amen. And he said there in Matthew 6, to not be overly anxious for anything, about anything physical, food and clothes, supplies and everything, but to seek first the kingdom. That should be our top concern, is getting into the kingdom, seeking that kingdom, getting in. That should be our top concern. Not what somebody said about us. Amen. Not... And not the mockings and the persecution and the stoning and the shipwreck and, or any physical ailment or distress. Because God will take care of those things. Amen. If we let them, if we turn it over to him, amen, instead of holding on to it like, no, God, this is my problem. I want this problem for myself. You can't have it, Lord. Let him have it. Put it on the altar and leave it there. And say, Lord, this is my problem. I'm leaving it to you to take care of because I can't do nothing about it. I am helpless. But, Lord, you can take care of it. Amen. And walk away from the altar praising and worshiping, knowing it's going to be taken care of because he's not a liar. Amen. He is the faithful, the amen, the almighty. He will take care of it. Amen. Know and understand that he is daddy. Amen. That he is Papa, Abba, Papa. And he is faithful and loving and caring. And he will take care of it. Don't carry the burden with you. Amen. Let him have it. Amen. Let him fix it. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5. One Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 16, page 220. One Thessalonians five verse sixteen to eighteen. One Thessalonians five verse sixteen to eighteen. Verse sixteen says, "Rejoice always." It doesn't say rejoice only in the good times, amen. But rejoice always, even in the bad times. I love there's a song that says, "God is God in the valley." Not just on the mountaintop, but also in the valley. In other words, not just when you're having your high times, but even when you're having your low times in the valley, in the desert, in the wilderness, in both good and bad times, God is still God, and he is still faithful. Amen. 
Rejoice all the time. Rejoice always. Always rejoice. And pray without ceasing. So if you're rejoicing without ceasing and you're praying without ceasing, that go together, don't they? Amen. And verse 18, and also without ceasing, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of Theos for you in Christ Jesus. Amen? And do not suppress the Spirit. Now understand, there's a connection here. Amen? Originally, this would all be on one line. Amen? No periods between each, uh, any one of these words or verses or sentences. It would be all just jumbled together, not even a space between each word. It all is all together. Don't try to tear it apart. Amen. Don't suppress the Spirit of God. Don't put out the flame. And the way you keep the flame burning, the way that you keep God active in your heart and mind, body and life, instead of putting out the fire, to keep him active in your heart and mind. Praise him. You praise him and honor him and love him and kiss and hug on him. He'll cut, hug and kiss you right back. He will not turn you away. Amen. But you suppress him if you stop praying. You suppress him if you stop worshiping. You suppress him if you are not thankful. If you stop giving thanks. Amen. God is good. Amen. Rejoice because God is good. Amen. Rejoice because of who he is. Amen. Rejoice because of who he is. And because he is faithful. Think about all the miracles we have seen recently. Just recently, all the miracles we have seen. Again, a few months before that, and a few months before that, and the last year, and the year before that, all the miracles we have seen, countless. I can't even keep track of them. There's so many miracles, I don't even always write them down no more because I'd be writing all the time. There are so many miracles. It's mind-blowing. He is active. He is active. Amen. He's an active God. Amen. We've got so much to be thankful for, and we also have so much to pray about. There's congregations in Nigeria and people in several nations worldwide and new people coming in all the time. There is so much to pray about. It should be no, no difficulty staying in prayer because there's plenty to pray about. It shouldn't be difficult to think of something to pray about because there is plenty to pray about. Amen. And that should not be a burden to talk to God. Amen. It's a conversation with your friend, your best friend the lover of your soul, the one that pays more attention to you and knows more about you than anyone. 
your husband may not always be paying attention. He might not notice when a hair falls out, but God is always paying attention and notices every hair that falls out. Amen. He is worthy of our worship. Amen. He is worthy of our attention, of our conversation with him, of paying attention to him. He is worthy of all of the attention that we can possibly give. Amen. Look at Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Verse 18. Page 210. Page 210, Ephesians 6, verse 18. Page 210, Ephesians 6, verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. In the spirit, many people wonder what that means. Many people think it means speaking in tongues, if you have to speak in tongues. That's not what it means at all. If it meant speaking in tongues, it would say speaking in tongues. Amen? Praying in the spirit means pray with rejoicement or mourning. With heart. That's what it means. Pray with heart and passion and zeal. We'll have to add that in notes, Robert. With passion, heart, and zeal. That's how we'll word it. With passion, heart, and zeal. Amen. And with the help of the Holy Ghost. We'll add that too. And with the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are to pray at all times, day and night. Of course, not every little second of course not but as we do each thing thinking upon the lord about his goodness when we fix a cup of coffee thank you lord i have this coffee to drink thank you lord i have this coffee pot amen not everyone has a coffee pot not everyone can afford to buy some coffee some people ran out of coffee weeks ago and wasn't able to buy any more. Amen. We have to be thankful for every sandwich, for every supper, every breakfast, every lunch, every instrument of tool that we have, every gadget in the kitchen, even for our bed. Thank you, Lord, for this bed. Thank you, Lord, for this shirt. Thank you, Lord, for these pants. Thank you, Lord, for this underwear. Thank you, Lord, for these socks. Thank you, Lord, for these flip flops. Thank you, Lord, for everything I bought today at the store. Thank you for everything I ate today. Thank you for everything I received today. Thank you for that phone call. Thank you for that letter. Thank you for this provision. Thank you for this income. Thank you for the sunrise. Thank you, Lord, I woke up this morning. Thank you that you healed me. Thank you that you healed me 10 years ago. Thank you for everything. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, 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 thank you. Amen. Because a person who does not think, thank somebody for what is given to them, they're not, they're not grateful. It bothers me. When I give somebody something and they just take it and don't say thank you, that's not a grateful heart. 
Amen. It is right morals and manners and respect and honor to say thank you to people whenever they give you anything. Whenever they give you anything, we are to say thank you. It really disturbs me how people can take great gifts and not say thank you. That really bothers me. And it makes me wonder about it. And I don't care what your culture is. I think that's humanity that we should say thank you. I think that should be worldwide, every nation, every city, every town, every culture. And I believe that's true. So I don't think culture is the right, right excuse. Amen. We should thank anybody that gives us anything. And how much more we should thank God for every good and every perfect gift comes from above, the Bible says. Amen. He's the creator of everything. Amen. And he can curse or he can bless. And he can give or he can take away. So we should be thankful for everything that we have and receive because he could withhold that from us but chose not to withhold it from us. And we're all guilty of sin almost every day. So he could at any time say, no, I'm not going to give you this. I'm going to withhold it. So when we do receive something, knowing that we are sinners, knowing that we have done something wrong or thought something wrong or said something wrong or did not have the right reply or did not have the right reaction, at any time he could withhold something. So everything we do, everything that we do receive, we should be having gratitude that he chose to allow us to have it. Amen. He can bless or he can curse. If we're not cursed today, we better be happy and thankful for it. Amen? And one more place, 1 John 5, over there near the book of Revelation, 1 John chapter 5. Verse 14. Page 255. One John five, verse fourteen. This is the confidence which we have before Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, something that's acceptable to His will, He hears us. In other words, He hearkens unto us. He answers us. He don't just simply hear us speaking. That's not what it means. But rather, he hearkens to us. And that's the way it really should be translated. He hearkens to us. Amen. God is good. Amen. This is with confidence. We're, we should not be unsure of it. We should have confidence that he will grant us our petitions if they are acceptable and within his will for us. Amen. For he is good. Amen. 
God is good. God is great. Amen. We cannot praise him enough. We cannot honor him enough. He is worthy of all of our praise and overflowing and more. Let us be overflowing in our prayer and in our praise to God Almighty. God Almighty. Amen. Let us love the Lord. And let us shire him with the blessings of our praise. Always pray, always rejoice, always be thankful. And prayer and praise are the atomic weapons against the enemy. If you're singing and praising the Lord, the devil don't want to hear it. And the devil will leave. Amen. Pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and praise and praise and praise and praise and praise. Amen. And the devil will not have anything to do. He will run away from you. He don't want to hear it. Run that devil away by submitting yourself to God and watch your burdens roll away. Watch victory just flood into your life and the windows of heaven just open up. Draw near to him and get drawn near to you. Watch the windows of heaven open up when you give more attention to God and love him and be faithful to him, knowing that he is the best. He is the best. He is the best. Husband, leader, shepherd, Redeemer, Savior, King, God Almighty. Will he find faith on the earth when he returns? In Jesus' name, amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.